welcome to episode four of our series, Spotlight on Financial Services Tax. And uh, in this episode, we're going to be talking about digital banking. Digital banking is kind of one of those buzzwords, I'd say, at the moment. Um, there's been a huge amount of change, uh, not only in the financial services sector, but globally. Um, there's been a huge uh, emergence of businesses who are digital, who operate um, on a digital basis, who serve customers around the world. One of the key topics that we're exploring at the moment is specifically on digital banking. Um, and Peter, what is digital banking? Well, that, that's a very good place to start. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, always uh, know what you're dealing with. So, I mean, digital banking is essentially any um, uh, approach where um, banking services are delivered either wholly or partly through either a web portal or an app. Um, and um, uh, when I say, you know, so you could, you could describe it merely as a channel um, for, if you like, delivery to customers. Um, but often it obviates the need for physical premises, again, either wholly or partly. Um, uh, and so, if you like, um, speed of delivery, customer experience is very, very different from what it would be on a traditional banking channel. Um, and, um, you know, I think that this affects the full remit of um, banking services. So that might be retail, where we're talking about current accounts, savings accounts, um, consumer, lending, consumer lending, credit cards, car loans, mortgages, um, FX, the whole lot. Um, equally, it's as relevant in the corporate and treasury um, uh, banking space. Um, uh, there are some, you know, lots of new entrants that I'm seeing um, in uh, the, uh, offering a digital only business model um, for, for example, trade finance, um, for um, SME lending, um, uh, 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 for again, forex and treasury management and cash pooling, all, all sort of key um, corporate level um, banking offerings through the digital channel. So lots of activity. Yeah, I think we've, uh, so we've certainly seen uh, many banks go digital or start to adopt digital technologies. I mean, speaking from the Middle East, many of our Middle Eastern banks have quite sophisticated applications where you can access most, if not all, of the regular services from a retail point of view. And then as you say, Peter, um, there have been an emergence of digital-only banks. I think some retail banks are also beginning to explore new markets, perhaps by going digital. Um, just kind of, let's say, relating that to relevant topics, why is tax now relevant for digital banking? Okay, well, I, I think tax is particularly important to the, uh, to the digital banking space and, and digital spaces generally. And, and the reason why that's the case is that um, when, when you actually look at a digital offering, then the main asset um, that you have is often a, uh, a, an IP or a technology intangible, uh, as well as your customer relationships, which I, I guess probably spans um, traditional and digital channels. Um, and you obviously don't have um, physical assets in the same way, or at least not um, customer-facing physical assets. Uh, and certainly tax authorities in the past um, and to date um, uh, have taken the view that it's quite easy for international groups to choose where to cite digital assets um, and particularly uh, intangible assets um, uh, relating to technology stacks, for example, um, 
uh, and they feel that's allowed um, groups to lower the amount of corporate level taxes that they pay in a way that's beneficial to the tax payer and not necessarily beneficial to um, tax collecting uh, governments. Uh, and so there's a whole slew of, if you like, new tax rules, both that have been enacted you know, really since the financial crisis 10 years ago, running right up to the present day, and one still coming going forwards, um, which are designed to um, try and capture that tax base associated with digital channels and most certainly including digital banking. Um, and maybe we can, we, we can go in in a minute to kind of what those, what those changes are. Um, but I think the key message is um, that particularly if you are establishing a digital bank, um, uh, uh, building those you know, tax changes, the ones that already happened, the ones that are going to happen into your business model is, is essential um, because without it, uh, it's going to massively affect your kind of post-tax returns. Yeah, no, I think that, that's a good point and that's kind of goes in nicely to my next question. Um, well, actually, two questions. I mean, the first question is, what are the, the, the current requirements for digital banks when it comes to tax? And then, what do we expect in the next 12 months, 24 sure. months? Okay, well, it's a, it's a rapidly moving picture, but let's begin with what is in, in, in place today. Um, and uh, as I said, I think there are... Um, uh, first of all, um, for banks in particular, there are a bunch of sort of information reporting requirements that relate to their customers. Um, uh, your kind of um, area of focus and specialism, Bill, are the, uh, 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 the FATCA, the US FATCA and the Common Reporting Standard or CRS rules, which essentially require banks to report information on each of their account holders, um, uh, generally to the, the governments where they are kind of located, that they may get passed around the world to, to stop, um, you know, uh, 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 tax avoidance by kind of individuals. Um, now for a digital bank, things like knowing your customer when you're doing that onboarding and the KYC process is sometimes even more challenging because you may not have a physical face-to-face -face meeting. It might be through an app, as I've said. So making sure that your business model is geared up to dealing with those information reporting requirements is key. There are new ones as well, like the, um, uh, the EU's mandatory disclosure regime, which doesn't apply to your customers. It applies to, well, it, it, it applies both to the sort of transactions your customers might do and the need to report data on those transactions um, if they have a tax avoidance element, and also to your own transactions if they fall into kind of certain hallmarks. And that regime is also live already. It went live on um, 1 July this year. Um, although some of the first reporting dates have been deferred due to COVID until uh, uh, 31 December and a bit later. Um, other things that have happened is the OECD's, um, uh, on a sort of corporate tax level, their sort of BEPS-1 process um, has um, uh, 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 largely, and the BEPS is the base erosion and profit shifting process, which has got a particular focus on you know, mobile profits. And that's bedded in, and we one of our previous um, vlogs, um, we talked about economic substance and that's one of the outputs of that, which is uh, mm -hmm. uh, something that's in force already. Now, the second, coming to it, so, so there's, a, there's, a, there's a couple of sort of concrete things there of stuff you need to deal with right now. But to answer your question of what's happening going forwards, um, well, imminently, um, the, the, the so-called um, BEPS 2, or Base Erosion and Profit Shifting um, uh, 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 Process Phase 2, is kicking in, and that's got two parts. One of them looks at how you allocate profits um, in an international group on a global basis. And traditionally, that was on an arm's length basis. 
Um, but these new rules now focus a bit more on where your user base is located, and that's directly aimed at kind of digital channels because they are, yeah, they're thinking probably of um, the likes of the big sort of uh, media houses, um, Google and Netflix and what have you, where you have remote delivery, but it would apply equally to a digital bank. Now, there are some exemptions potentially to these rules uh, when they come in, um, which is expected over the next 12 to 18 months, um, for financial services. But as always with exemptions, there are dividing lines, and you've got to check which side of the dividing line you are, and so on. So they still need to be built into your business plan. So that's the, uh, uh, the kind of first pillar, if you will, of those. And then there's a second pillar, the so-called global minimum tax. Uh, and there's unlikely to be any financial uh, services exemption for this. And so that means if your digital banking activity is operating in a, um, uh, a lower tax location, and certainly you know, we see within our region both um, quite a few of the uh, countries do offer attractive centres, be it UAE with um, ADGM and DIFC, or um, uh, uh, some of the other um, countries in the region have free zones as well with attractive tax rates. What this will mean is there's a top-up tax will effectively be levied globally, or if it's not in a parent location, then there may be withholding taxes um, or non-deductibility applied to payments flowing to those locations. So that's probably the second sort of key uh, uh, big change that's coming down the line. So, uh, well, so to summarise, I suppose today we have BEPS 1.0 plus plus, so a number of reporting compliance tax actions that banks need to comply with today. Then looking forward, and actually not so far forward, there, is, there are also some significant changes coming. Um, just before we close, what do you think are the best ways that institutions can, can prepare for the both existing and, and future changes? Uh, absolutely. I, well, actually, just before answering that, I will just mention one thing, um, uh, and that is a little way into the distance, there is actually something called by the EU called DAC7, which is a set of brand new proposals aimed at digital platforms, um, and it could potentially involve collecting customer data. Uh, uh, and uh, so that's a little little way out, but it's um, uh, been um, uh, slated, so I, I didn't want to miss that one out. Um, so put a marker down for that. But to come back to your question, Bilal, what are the sort of key actions that um, uh, businesses should take? I think um, uh, twofold. I think one, if you're establishing or have a digital business banking business model, um, you do need to do an impact assessment of what the current rules um, uh, uh, have on that model. Uh, and make sure they're kind of built into the cash flows and, and so on. And also, if you've got gaps in uh, uh, compliance, that some remediation process is put in place. Um, and that can build in a look at the, um, uh, the future position as well. The second thing I'd say actually you can do is, um, as, as always was the case, um, when you're thinking about the structure, the kind of legal structure and the operating business model you want to adopt, um, there are, if you like, um, uh, um, uh, efficient ways and inefficient ways of doing that. And I'd certainly recommend people look at that, and particularly with a, uh, a digital banking model where you've got the very important technology stack there can be a huge difference um, uh, uh, on how you, particularly actually also on indirect taxes like VAT, as to um, where that technology stack is uh, 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 created, you know, who owns it, um, uh, where the um, so-called um, uh, design, enhancement, management, um, risk control processes for that sit, um, and then how that interfaces with the um, 
some of the kind of customer relationships and, and what that kind of legal and operating structure should be. Time invested in that um, uh, is um, uh, time well spent and will yield efficiencies. That's very helpful. I mean, I, I, there's, there's, there's a lot going on there. Um, so, so we're happy to, to speak to any listener who would like to know more about these topics, particularly given the complexity. Um, and thank you for listening. Thank you.